Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Join us every weekday at this time to discuss news, spend time in the Word, and receive answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, Kathy, it's uh, good to be back uh, today. Uh, we're excited uh, to continue to share about abiding. We'll get into what we where we kind of left off last time about margin. Uh, but uh, our topic, as we have explained it, is uh, through uh, the AFJ ministry, uh, is to uh, invite you to come and see uh, finding truth in a world of chaos. Uh, and as we know, <laughs> the world world is pretty chaotic these days. <laughs> There's no lack of chaos to be found right now, that's uh, for sure. Um, and one of the uh, interesting things, uh, you know, again, these are just uh, information. Uh, when I ask people about, um, you know, the issue of abortion, for example, uh, what what's the extent of it, you know, in the world? Uh, and, be and because we tend to be U.S. centric, uh, we only look at the statistics of well, what the impact is, you know, in America. And of course, we know that, you know, we've been dealing with this for uh, quite a while uh, to go, but it's getting uh, even more so uh, these days. Uh, so I looked up some statistics um, about uh, how many abortions just last year, 2020, uh, do you think uh, happened in the world? Oh, wow. I hope you're not asking me that because I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, everybody's going to be way off, uh, by the way. Uh, the number is 46.2 million people have been aborted. Kids have been aborted, hmm. uh, you know, during that and time. Just in that one year time period. In, 20, in 2020. In 2020. Uh, wow. 2020 uh, is that's how many abortions are around the world uh, because the... Um, uh, all the countries of the world see have have really accepted and adopted uh, mm -hmm. uh, things of abortion. And uh, one of the things that of the current administration, uh, as they are now going out to give people foreign aid, they have to pass a test. Do you support abortion? Uh, is one. Oh, of the so are you saying that our government won't won't give them foreign aid if they do not support it? Right. If they said no, we don't support that, they would not give them foreign aid. So it's it's become now a wow. not only you know part of what we consider to be as our our culture, but again, it's really not U.S. centric. It's um, throughout the world. Uh, mm -hmm. Every country now, uh, including places uh, like even Russia and China. Uh, have allowed and and pr uh, given permission, you know, for abortion as well as as promote it, uh, which by the way has impact mm -hmm. uh, on us because uh, we can say, well, that's not a problem for me. Um, I'm certainly not going to go through that and have uh, any issue with that. But what's happening is that uh, in the the culture with the messages that are getting being given, mm -hmm. um, certainly by uh, uh, the media, uh, television, you know, radio, movies, uh, the news, um, and then the teaching 
at the at the mm-hmm. basic school level is that this is an acceptable option. Right. Uh, and therefore, the pressure is going to be on well, what about yeah. our kids? What about our grandkids? What about people uh, in the church that even even Christian kids that are getting confused uh, mm-hmm. about what is right, what is not right? Uh, well, abortion is acceptable. Uh, we mm-hmm. know that, uh, you know, almost universally now uh, that premarital sex is is rampant. Uh, right. So that's common now. It's not it doesn't it's not even discussed anymore, quite frankly, in mm-hmm. the church. Uh, it's just, well, it's accepted. That's the way it's the way kids are going to live and you're not going to stop it. Uh, well, that's going right. to lead to things, you know, you know, like abortion. Um, yeah, I was well. the interesting thing. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, the, one of the interesting things to me about the fact that, you know, you say that has become acceptable, but I think it's gone a step further than that. It's not just acceptable, but it is um, oftentimes portrayed as the responsible thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and so I, I think we have we have made that extra step that that's the responsible thing because you can't care for whatever and what people fail to recognize um, there, you know, there's so many different aspects we could talk about this, but one of the things that, um, that I think is interesting that people fail to recognize is where that leaves us on the value of life. Right. And so, and not just of the unborn life, but the message that we are then sending our children and their children, (laughs) you know, on terms of if their life is valuable. And when we are sitting in the middle of a pandemic, with anxiety and depression and purposelessness and hopelessness and all of these things rampant and really tearing at the fabric of, of especially our children's, you know, our, our children's um, self-worth and everything else that I think this plays in, you know, when we say that life is disposable, that that can be chosen to be gotten rid of, that takes away the fact that God designed them with passion and purpose from the moment of conception. Right, right. And, and that really, um, we're, we're tearing at their ability to see themselves as valuable, much less to see others as valuable. That's right. And, and so then that leads into the division and the, you know, the disunity and the way that people are treating each other and the violence, you know, it, it, there are repercussions beyond the simple statistic you just shared right. that was devastating. But that just that statistic on abortion, um, it rolls into so many other things that that decrease the value of life. That's really does. Um, I attended a, a debate um, of uh, with G. G. Gordon Liddy. He used to, you know, he was the guy that did Watergate. Mm, uh, yeah, you know, that broke into Watergate and was, you know, put in jail, but he got out and. Um, and he was a, a strong believer in uh, actually Christian values, uh, and he got he got really converted in in jail. Um, and so, um, and he just died recently, by the way. Uh, just oh, really? Just, just, okay. Yeah, a few, a few months ago, he just died. But uh, I attended a debate. Linda and I attended a debate with he and G. Gordon and with uh, Timothy Leary. Mm. Uh, and the debate was the format was uh, one person would stand up, have twenty minutes to present something. And the other party would then have a chance to, you know, uh, counteract it. So mm-hmm. uh, Leary got up and he was, uh, you know, he was the one that uh, was into high, you know, drugs and LSD and, you know, uh, drugs is the answer, which we, we know is, is, isn't. <laughs> uh, but he gave a section on abortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he got up and he talked for 20 minutes about the right of the mother 
uh, to abort their kid, to you know not have a kid, the right of the mother. He talked about the mother, the right of the mother to do this, do that. Everything was the right of the mother, the choice of the mother to do what she wanted to do. And if she wanted to end that life, she had the privilege to do that. And so uh, he sits down. Uh, G. Gordon Liddy stands up and he says, well, I just have one thing to say. How can you call anybody that killed a kid a mother? Mm. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, uh, good point. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. Pretty powerful statement. Uh, that, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and then he went on, you know, just a few sentences about this, what you just described as the sanctity of life. Uh, is that mm -hmm. God created life and we don't have the right to terminate that life. Um, right. And abortion, you know, abortion is a big deal. So. Uh, that's contributing, you know, to the chaos, you know, that we are are living in today, uh, because it's now uh, worldwide, uh, it's everywhere, it's being promoted everywhere, uh, and we as believers um, have to have a different way. Well, how are we going to live out our life, knowing that that impact is going to be there? Uh, right. And see that here's the difference uh, as we're trying to get to the essence of what we're we're going to show you over these days and weeks. Um, we could say, well, God, stop abortion. Just stop abortion. And by the way, there's, there's wonderful ministries uh, that work at uh, giving kids choices to not abort, mm -hmm. but rather to keep the kid. And they're, and they're fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, and they're having an impact. Uh, right. Uh, they are having an impact, and it's very healthy. And primarily, by the way, what they do is... Um, uh, when kids are, you know, going to these abortion clinics, they invite them to, well, would you come and at least consider something different? Um, mm -hmm. And then they have a trailer nearby where they have ultrasound uh, and they show the kid the ultrasound. Um, and because mm -hmm. of, we know that, you know, the baby is a, as a person, you mm -hmm. can see the person uh, right. there in the heartbeat. You can hear the heartbeat and you can see the person and it changes a lot of people's minds is that it's right. not an amorphous nothing. That's a life. No, mm -hmm. no, I, I can't do that. And a lot of them choose not to. So there's there's fantastic right. ministries. But we get into this global uh, prayer. Uh, God, would you just stop abortion? It's bad. It's, mm -hmm. it's wrong. It's not righteous. It's, it's unholy. So God, just change it. Um, and God says, well. Uh, remember the the world is under the under the control under the purview of the enemy, uh, and it's always been that way since Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Uh, a word called entropy. Uh, everything le left to itself is going to destruction, and the world is going away from the the way of God. So he doesn't say I'm going to come in and stop it, but I can give you a path. I can give you wisdom as to how your life can be lived out with your family, with your community, so that you can teach these children, you can teach these kids, like you just said, the sanctity of life, which mm -hmm. is bigger than just a simple choice. Um, right. It's, it's how do you treat people? How do, mm -hmm. you, how do you understand uh, the other people around you? And how do you treat them? Because there's sanctity to who they are, so that what God says is, I'm gonna move you away from judgment Mm -hmm. and attack and trying to get people to conform who aren't believers to your values, which they're not going to do, to inviting them in a respectful way to learn what you have while you live out that, that life. Right. So, 
I think um, if you don't mind me interjecting here, one of the things that's interesting, you talk about, you know, not going to judgment on that. And, um, and I think that's an important thing for us to remember too, when we're dealing with the, um, you know, the, the young mothers here who ha- who are facing that decision. Um, and in terms of, okay, how do we live this out in the midst of it? How do we love them well? And I think some of the most successful ministries out there are the ones that not only do show them, yes, this is a real life that's in you, but then they come around and they support them in terms of, okay, how do we go from here? Because a lot of those girls are in that place because one, they don't understand the sanctity of life, but two, they're truly scared and hopeless. Right. And so having the ability for Christians to come around and not just say, I can't believe you would do this. You're a horrible person, (laughs) but, but you know, what do you need? How can I help you? How can I love you? Well, in the midst of this, what can we do to give support services that will help you be able to bring this child um, into the world and, and have the life that God intended for it? And so I think those are important things to keep in mind too, as we're talking about this, it's, you know, it's on both sides. You're really saving the value of the unborn child. And you're also the value of the mother who has, has not realized her own value in the midst of this. So there's some compassion and some true selfless sacrifice that I think has to take place on behalf of Christians to meet them there. That's right. Yeah. And, um, and so we're going to, you know, continue to address uh, issues like this uh, as we look, because it's a real issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's chaotic and what does that mean? And we're, we're going to, again, just keep helping you understand, well, how do we approach life given that this world is getting, uh, crazier and crazier and, and less godly all the time? Um, mm-hmm. how do we live in that so that we can still enjoy life? Uh, and we've talked about abiding, uh, last time we went through John 15, uh, one to five that, uh, Christ is the vine. Gives mm-hmm. us all life. The Father is the vine dresser. Uh, he makes all the decisions, uh, and that means all decisions of our life. So it's not that we just pray for a few big ones and say, "God, would you answer those?" But rather, I'll just follow you in all decision making because you're the vine dresser, and I'm not because I'm I'm a branch. I'm just mm-hmm. supposed to stay connected to the vine, right. to stay connected to the life. And He says, uh, "What that is is a choice." You have a choice. He said, you have to choose to abide, what we call abiding. Uh, Stay Mm -hmm. connected to the relationship of Christ. And we'll get into what that looks like uh, with the word. And he said, the result, we're going to be fantastic. It's going to be fruit. Um, And so I'll guide you, God God says, to transform you and your hurts and your wounds and your frustrations Mm -hmm. and the things that your patterns are. And I'm going to do supernatural things that can change circumstances and you'll have mm-hmm. fruit on both sides of this. So uh, if you abide in me, um, he says, I'll give you fruit, much fruit, more fruit. And by the way, it's, it's a, uh, uh, a complete uh, process. So like, for example, Kathy, uh, as you understand it, you know, can the vine produce fruit by itself? Well, no, no, <laughs> and yes, and no, <laughs> he could supernaturally just do it, but no, the vine needs the branch yeah. and that's, there's an invitation that he gave us in that. Yeah. Right. So without the branches, which by the way, have to be grafted on to the vine, right. Uh, which is what the way we do that is we'd then become a believer, uh, uh, in that process is, uh, we join him and we surrender our life to him, uh, and abide in him all the time. 
then I can have fruit because a branch mm -hmm. by itself uh, can't produce fruit either. Uh, so the vine can't do it by himself. The, 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 we, the branches, can't do it by ourselves because we have no source of life. Uh, we have to be connected. And when we're connected and the vine dresser is making the decisions, that's when fruit comes. Uh, and he, right. he, he chose this interdependent process because we're the visible expression of the invisible God uh, as we live here on earth. And he said, I live my life out now through you. Uh, and so it's this process of abiding. Um, and last time, uh, we talked a little bit about this aspect of pruning, uh, cutting mm -hmm. back uh, branches, um, margin. Uh, and it's really just, just cutting back. Uh, and the reason is that the branch, as it's connected to the vine, is getting life. And it grows and it grows and it grows. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, and by the way, it'll go wherever it wants to. Uh, so you could have a very pretty vineyard with branches, right. branches going everywhere and looking how beautiful and lush it is. But he said, interesting enough, unless I prune back those branches that are growing, um, they will have no fruit. Uh, and the reason is that it gets too crowded um, and uh, they can't actually produce the, the, the fruit from the sap because the sap never gets to the uh, to the grapes, um, and then there's no sunlight and no water that can get through because it gets too too clustered together. Mm -hmm. um, and so God says, uh, "Well, I need margin in the whole process. I need you to have margin." What do, What do you understand margin to be? <laughs> so margin is a funny topic. <laughs> um, it's it is a beautiful gift that God has given us, but uh, Rich and I have had conversations about this before. I definitely am somebody who consider myself a high capacity person, and so um, just the idea of margin. Sometimes I I really have to be deliberate in allowing God to prune things back for me. But I love how when you know when you're talking about that pruning process, that it's pruning not just things that that are producing no fruit, you know, getting rid of things that shouldn't be there, but it's also pruning back the things that are fruitful and making yeah. space for the, the things that are best. And I know for me personally, I have to literally, I'll, I'll kind of go with the seasons of life because that's, that works in my world, you know, about every three months or so to, to sit down and I, something you taught us in Christ clutter in the calendar. Yeah you know, but really listing out how am I spending my time and then taking those things, not just assuming, well, this is where I'm at. This is where I must have to always be. So I just have to shove more things in and whatever, but no, God, you know, what do you have for me to do in this season? And a lot of times for me, that requires shedding a lot of things, right. you know, every three months, there may be things that are good things that still have to go because I am one who will very quickly fill them back up. If I'm not careful to just really ask God, what do you want for this time? What is, what is this season? You've given me this, what do you want to do in it? Right. Um, so yeah. it's, it's a very intentional process of working with him and allowing him to prune. Right. And it's, uh, it's simply, uh, you know, just cutting back. Uh, that's really what the word means is I'm just going to cut mm -hmm. you back. I'm not changing your nature. I'm not changing your branch. I'm just cutting it back so that if, we could follow everyone who's listening and watching uh, around for a couple of weeks. Uh, we would all uh, understand that, and I could safely say, you're doing too much. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why you're tired. That's why you're weary. That's why you're late. 
That's why you go from thing to thing to thing. That's why it's stressful mm-hmm. because uh, I'm doing all these things. And again, in this chaotic world, uh, it's getting worse uh, because we have mm-hmm. so many things to deal with, with, well, how do we manage COVID? Um, I've got to go to work, uh, but yet I could do it from home. Uh, or how do we, my wife and I, uh, my husband and I both uh, operate from home. I got kids, they're supposed to go to school, but they're doing it remote. Um, right. How do we manage all that? What about the church? We're trying to do this now and that now. And um, I'm active, active, active. And the truth is you're just doing too many things. Right. Uh, now in America, uh, it's a badge of honor. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, it's almost a greeting. Yeah. Like I know in my circle, you'll I'll run into somebody in the grocery store and you'll, oh, hi, how are you doing? Oh, busy, but good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that that is almost the answer you want to give because if we're not busy, then we're not bringing value. Right. right. And, you know, that's this, this thing that we have that is incorrect. That's not at all what God has for us, but that's what we've attached our value to is what we're producing and how much we have filling our calendar. Right, so the, um, the aspect of margin uh, is to create space uh, in your mm-hmm. life. And the question is really simple. Um, I ask this of everybody, I ask this of our leaders, uh, people that come to retreats, um, are you enjoying life? Mm-hmm. It's really a pretty simple answer, uh, question. Uh, the answer, interesting enough, is almost universally, well, not really. Mm. Uh, but I'm busy right. uh, and I'm doing all this stuff to try to maintain my life. Uh, and isn't that normal? Isn't that good? Mm-hmm. And see, God says, well, I want you to have joy in life. The kingdom of God, this is uh, Romans fourteen seventeen. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. Uh, and then as we look at Christ uh, through his three years of ministry that we can look at in the Gospels, the one common thing that we see is he had great joy mm-hmm. all the time. And he never got rushed and he never got busy and he never did too many things because he was willing to uh, follow what the father vine dresser was giving him and, and he would take breaks. Uh, and again, we don't, we don't really uh, look at it this way, but if you look at the Gospels, uh, and you re- and you look at the days that are recorded, and these are the things Jesus did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about six months of the three years. Uh, two and a half of those years, we don't really know what he did. Mm-hmm. But one thing we do know, because we see that he traveled from one place to another, is that they just they just walked together and had lots of time of just mm-hmm. enjoying each other as they went from place to place to place. Right. So uh, the life of God is intended to be a joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to then relieve ourselves of this stress that we're living under. And he said, primarily, I've got to cut you back. Mm-hmm. I've got to bring you to a place where you're doing less things and enjoying life more because that's right. where fruit is, is going to come. So one, right. one exercise we'd urge you all to do to consider is uh, answer that question. Um, are you enjoying life? Uh, mm-hmm. Be honest about it. Uh, and you can say, well, not really. Uh, I'm burdened by, I've got an issue, I've got heart issues, I've got wounds, I've got struggles. Uh, or um, I don't have time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm burdened, I'm stressed, I'm weary, I'm tired, I'm not getting good night's sleeps. Uh, okay, 
then go back to uh, a purity about that. And uh, one exercise, Kathy, we have people do is, um, well, then start from scratch mm -hmm. um, and take a blank sheet of paper and look at your days and say, okay, what's, right. the, what's the most important thing I do? Now, one of the things we're going to put in there is abiding. Uh, mm -hmm. the bite, you know, abiding, you're abiding 24 seven, which will show you, but there's time in the word to enjoy what God has to speak to you. So we'll talk about that, uh, even somewhat today. Um, and then time for your spouse, time for your family. Mm -hmm. I got to go to work. I, I have time at work and we got to learn how to balance that. So we stop uh, work, which has to do with trust. And then I go enjoy life and I have recreation and I have fellowship and, uh, we have things that we enjoy doing. Uh, and then you start building that piece by piece by piece mm -hmm. to say, okay, how does that fill my life? And what's going to happen is you're going to have several things left that I can't really fit it in. <laughs> that don't fit. I don't right. fit it in. And you say, yeah, but mm -hmm. um, they need me to do this. I've got to do this. Right. I can't say to the pastor, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. And God says, yes, yes, you can um, let right. me let me direct you in terms of what's important for you yeah. and things that you got to stop doing so that you start to uh, enjoy life again. There's two things that that come to mind as you're talking about that I um, just wanted to share. One is one of my favorite quotes from a pastor, uh, Mike Ashcraft, is if you're too busy to spend time with God, you're busier than you intend to, than he intends you to be. Right. right. And I'm like that, you know, that nails it, you know, that is definitely priority one. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that comes to mind is that verse that says, you know, don't grow weary in doing good for in due time, you will reap a harvest, you know, um, oh, I'm misquoting it a little bit. Um, but the word for weary there, this is always important to me because it's a good judge for me in terms of margin. The word for weary actually translates as utterly spiritless. Right, right. And I think how perfect is that word? Because when I'm growing weary and doing something, that means I'm doing it on my own power and not on God's. And yes. that's where that exercise that you're talking about brings so much power. It's so important for us to go back and evaluate those things because anything that I am doing on my own power and not being led and filled and empowered by him is not going to be fruitful and it's going to drain me because right. it's not where I'm supposed to be. Right. Uh, we did a retreat once um, and we had a, we had a, a couple uh, where the husband was uh, a big uh, executive um, and he was stressed out. Um, and we started working with him and, and had him write down with us all the things he's involved in. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I had a piece of paper and, uh, you know, I'm writing everything, you know, and then I go to page two, writing everything, page three, I had seven pages, uh, of stuff. And it ultimately wound up that he was involved in 54 major things. Uh, in his life, a lot of Christian, a <laughs> lot of Christian boards, mm -hmm. uh, lots of different activities. And, uh, and he and his wife were really stressed. And so we said, okay, you think? <laughs> uh, let's ask God, uh, what, what he would say about you cutting back. So we said, you go pray and we'll go pray. We'll come back with a number of things you can do. And then from there, we'll start working it out. So, um, he prayed, he and his wife prayed, Linda and I prayed, came back together. And the answer was four. Wow. I'm giving, I'm giving you four things that you can do. And we said, okay, let's look at them. Um, you're a husband, uh, mm -hmm. is one, uh, excuse me, his time with God was one. 
Uh, two was uh, he's a husband and father. That's that's secondly. Three was he's the a, a, the senior executive, the CEO of a big major company. That's three. And we all agreed, okay, those are three. Mm-hmm. What's the fourth? You know, you out of those other fifty some, you got to choose one. Right. And so he prayed. He prayed about it, and he chose one that was he felt this. Was, he and his wife said, "Yep, that's the one." Uh, and so they said, "Okay, that's it." Uh, you got to get out of 50 things. Right. Um, and uh, he said, okay, I, I've heard God. I, clear, I I understand that. I don't have any margin in my life. I'm going to learn what it means to walk with margin. And so we asked him, are you willing to let us hold you accountable to getting out of mm-hmm. those 50 things? And the answer was, yes, I am. So uh, over a few weeks, he would call up, and particularly these ministries. And I told him something interesting. I said, now you're going to call ministries up. And tell them you're not going to be on their board anymore. Uh, I said, uh, they're going to tell you that you should stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, I will be surprised if you have anybody or just a few that say, well, hallelujah, you're getting your life together and you're having margin. I support you for what God is up to. Mm-hmm. Sure, you, you need to leave the ministry. I said, you're going to have people fight you and convince you you should stay. Uh, by the way, uh, he gave money to these ministries. So that's a big issue that they're concerned about. So um, he did it. Uh, and I, at the end of it, I said, how many said hallelujah? He said, actually, only one <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. that said, hey, congratulations. I'm glad that you're following what God is asking you to do. And I support that 100%. Absolutely, you should leave the ministry. The other uh, 49 of them, uh, said, uh, you got to stay and here's why you got to stay and you can't leave us. And, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, I don't care. I'm leaving, you know? And so he, and he right. changed within, within a few months, uh, they got their sweetness back. Mm. Uh, they got their sweetness of life and they learned that margin is so critical. And by the way, here's something important about margin, uh, which is true for all of us. You can't, uh, once you reach it, it's not static. Because why? Yes. Well, things things grow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Things the things you're involved in, like the ministry we're doing. Well, now we're doing a good do broadcast and podcast. Well, that takes time, mm-hmm. uh, as you know, Kathy. It's going to take time. Well, if I, I do this, um, else I, has to give. <laughs> I have to stop doing something else, right? Uh, and I can't say, well, I'm going to let my wife and I my, and our relationship suffer, or my kids and my grandkids. And um, I've got some business stuff I do, and I got time with God that I do. Uh, uh, I can't sacrifice those. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to stay in in what I call our sweet spot to enjoy mm-hmm. life and to live life. Uh, and so I had to look at other things and say, okay, here's something that you're doing that it's a good thing, but I got to now stop doing it, right? Uh, because right. he he said this is happening as you're growing, and so this couple. Uh, they get, they reached their sweet spot. It was really cool to mm-hmm. see. Um, and then, and then what happened is usual. Well, guess that those things they were involved in grew and they right. had to come back every quarter and we had to help them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, now how do you adjust it? How do right. you keep looking at maintaining that sweetness? Once you, you received it and they did mm-hmm. and you feel it and you understand it, God says, stay there. Right. As and it grows, what- as it changes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you how to keep maintaining that sweet spot so that you, yeah, you had it momentarily and then you lost it. 
He says, yeah. no, pruning is a constant thing and you got to keep working at it. Right. And really pruning, I think too, what you're describing really is, is a process of learning to trust God. Um, because I think like, at least, you know, for myself, even when I have um, come through seasons where I've needed to allow him to prune things, but even when I'm talking with friends and conversing with them, you really come to, oh, but I, you know, the big argument, you know, you, you hear your, but, 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 you know, and, you know, I can't let go of this, this can't, if I, if I don't do this, it won't happen if, you know, all of those things and the arguments are really, one, they sell God short. Yeah. They, you know, we're not truly trusting him okay, to when, choose when what's you, best when you, when for you us. When you say that, when you say that, what do you, what do you mean by that? It sells God short. What is it that? What do you mean short. by that? He is so much more capable than what we recognize. So if I'm saying, okay, this is, you know, let's say I'm running children's ministry and God tells me, you know what, Kathy, it's time. I've got something else. And I hold on to it for six more months because that children's ministry just isn't going to go if I'm not there. Right. You know, and who am I, <laughs> who am I to say that? And I'm selling God short because God already, he works both sides of the equation. You know, if he is telling me to step out, he is calling someone else to step in exactly. and, and I'm not allowing him to be God. I'm coming back and I'm saying, I'm going to be the vine dresser because I know it better. We had a, and, uh, we had an exact situation like that. We were, um, Linda and I, my wife, uh, while I'm a business person uh, and I'm an ordained minister uh, with a seminary degree, um, we started a church in Boulder, Colorado. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, interesting enough, uh, today that church is the largest church in Colorado. Oh, uh, wow. And we started it just with a small group of people. Um, and we were yeah, probably, you know, 50, 60 people. Uh, we had a, a worship team, a children's ministry, a uh, youth group ministry, uh, and of course, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the whole worship uh, experience of, of us putting it together with an elder board. Uh, and the woman, and I kept telling people, um, your life is way more important than you're doing for mm -hmm. anything, including the church. Yes. Uh, and that where God would lead you, if you're having struggle or you're getting stressed or you can't do it, you just come to me. And we'll have you stop doing it. We'll, we'll figure out and trust God. And what you're saying is trust God completely. And we were willing yeah. to say, you know what? We can even stop doing that ministry mm -hmm. um, if you can't do it. Uh, so this lady uh, had been doing it for about six, seven months. I uh, was doing a wonderful job. And she came to me and she said, you know, you said if we have stress and weary in us and, and things in our life, well, my husband and I have, have, have are going through a, a process. I need to step down. Uh, and she was saying, you know, I'll stay on, you know, as long as you need me or whatever. And I said, no, mm -hmm. you, you, if this is what God's saying to you, just go ahead and go. Uh, and we'll let God show us the next thing. Mm -hmm. uh, either, either we won't have one, which is, his choice. Remember, he's Which the vine, be a choice. He's the yeah. vine dresser <laughs> or he'll provide, like you say, somebody else. So uh, she said, okay. Uh, and she resigns uh, and we didn't even announce it. This is really cool. So mm -hmm. we didn't even announce it. Hey, we need somebody to do X. Uh, the next day, a woman comes to me uh, and says, uh, you know, I've been thinking about where to serve the body and um, I've got some experience 
And um, I would like to consider uh, joining and leading the children's ministry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like, that'll work. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know, and I, my question to her is, are you enjoying life? Mm-hmm. Are you are you able to do this? If you do this, what are you going to stop doing mm-hmm. uh, so that you can enjoy it fully? And she processed that and said, yep, I am enjoying life. Uh, here's the things that I need to stop. If I'm going to do this, I take that on so I can maintain that that sweetness. So what what you said right. is is really the essence of it uh, mm-hmm. is do you really trust God right. uh, that he knows what he's doing? Yeah. And, um, and I don't have to do anything. It's what he call, right. calls me to do. Uh, and by right. the way, a lot of times what he calls people to do uh, is, well, my assignment for you right now is, well, go home and spend time with your, your wife and kids or your husband and mm-hmm. kids. That's your assignment. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I really want you to get that healthy first. Um, and that's way more important than even going serving over here. So right. uh, that that really is the essence so of it. There's an interesting thing that happens, though, in, you know, I know I've seen it for myself and I've seen it in others as well. But, you know, in the midst of all of that process of allowing him to prune things back, one of the things we hit up against is trust, which you were just talking about. But the other one that we really hit up against is approval. Yes. And so I I know there are listeners listening to this today going, okay, well, that all sounds great, but how am (laughs) I going to, I'm going to let this person down and this is my best friend, or this is my spouse, or this is my pastor. And I've walked alongside them. I'm going to let them down. And so how do you navigate um, helping someone to come to the point where they're no longer as concerned about the approval of others, as much as they're concerned about the approval of God? Because I think that's a spot that we all need to grow in because that's not something that we naturally gravitate towards. Right. Um, And uh, the analogy that I I like to use uh, is um, uh, the aspect of um, sheep and what I call sheep and sheepdog. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that our role is to be, uh, as we're serving others, uh, to be strictly... uh, uh, as a, a sheepdog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, he says, um, a sheepdog gets their instruction from the shepherd. Uh, and all he cares about is, am I actually, am I getting approval from the shepherd? And he doesn't really have the need to be approved by the sheep or even to have the sheep perform exactly what he's supposed to do. So he'll get his mm-hmm. instructions from the shepherd and say, Here's what here's here's what I'm asking you to do, sheepdog, through a voice command or a, or a hand command, mm-hmm. and then they go off and do it. Um, and whether the sheep ultimately do exactly what that that sheepdog was supposed to do isn't really the sheepdog's responsibility. He comes back to the shepherd and say, "Okay, now what? Mm-hmm. Now he might he might have you go back and do the same thing, uh, but it's his instruction. So that as we learn to abide, um, it's that." Do we have a, a care for the sheep? Yeah, you know, Galatians mm-hmm. six tells us share each other's burdens, uh, assist each other, serve the body. Absolutely, that's our role. But um, it's not individually where if I don't do this because God's asking me to stop it, that person is not going to accept me. What that means mm-hmm. is that now that person has control over me, and mm. that and that person is in the flesh deciding what they think I should do 
And interesting enough, I'm at enmity against God because God is saying, well, I want you to stop this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you're saying, yeah, but that person Mm -hmm. isn't going to be happy with me. And I place that person happiness above what God is, what God is saying to me. And it's easy for us to fall into that because that person is a physical, we see them right in front of our face. And so it's, it's very easy for us to just fall back to worrying about that approval rather than the approval of God, like you said. Right. Right. So, uh, this aspect of margin, uh, remember in John 15, he says he prunes the branches because he makes a simple statement, uh, apart from me, you can do nothing, nothing. Uh, apart from me, you can do nothing and let me be the vine dresser. And mm-hmm. one of the activities uh, that that's, he puts right inside of that verse from John 15, 1 to 5 is the aspect of pruning. Mm-hmm. Um, I need you to have margin. I need you to enjoy life. I need you to be at rest. I need you to slow down. Uh, I need you to have time. And by the way, we're going to talk about this. One of the aspects of margin is I'm going to interrupt you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to ask you to do things that weren't on your agenda that day because somebody's going to need you. Somebody's going to be having to talk to you. Hey, you're going to have an issue with your kid today. Your wife is going to, or your husband is going to need you today. Um, and you got to have that margin as opposed to, I don't have the time for that because I'm too busy. I'm too wrapped up in it. And, and we have mm-hmm. a great example with Jesus, uh, when he was going to, um, uh, Palm Sunday, going to Jerusalem uh, he's being hailed as the king uh, with palm branches. You know, you're hail, you're the king. Hallelujah. Uh, and he did the, he had to walk through Jericho uh, to get there. And they're doing the same thing. They're lining the streets. They're mm-hmm. hailing him as king. Uh, and he's walking uh, toward, you know, Palm, palm Sunday in Jerusalem. Um, and while he's walking, he notices there's a guy up in a tree. Who was that? I'm assuming that was Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Um, and, uh, the song he, is playing in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wee little man up in a tree. Yep. And, uh, Zacchaeus was a wee, wee little, little man, man. And a wee uh, little man was, was he. he. <laughs> and, um, and so he stopped. And then in the, in the uh, scripture, and it's very emphatic in the Greek, he goes over and he says, I must spend the day with you. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I, I originally, and from Jesus' perspective, I'm on my way to Jerusalem. And while he's doing it, God's the Father said, that guy up in that tree, I want you to spend time with him. Uh, you're going to assist him in the work that he has, because he has a heart for me. He just doesn't understand the truth. Mm-hmm. Explain, explain him the truth. You must spend the day explaining that truth to him. And so God, Jesus was interrupted. Because mm-hmm. he had margin and he never said, yeah, but I'm on my way to Jerusalem. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, sure. Uh, that's, that's your call for me right now. I've got margin. I've got space mm-hmm. in my life. You know, so this aspect of, of margin. Mm. Uh, that's is, a beautiful thing, I think, because I think about, um, you know, as I've been learning this whole concept of margin over the last few years, especially um, I have seen that very thing that you just described lived out, even in, you know, God shedding things from my schedule so that as even as much as a simple trip to the grocery store, right. and then I feel a, a prompting from the Holy Spirit, I want you to go help that lady. 
Whereas, you know, three years ago, I would have gotten that prompting and said, yeah, but yeah, but <laughs> I have this, this, and this to do, and I'm not going to get to my next appointment on time if that's what I do. And the very fact that he's teaching me to let him to control my time, to peel those things back, then when I feel that I can step right into that invitation. And every time I do, I find myself in a situation where I have gotten to see God take me on an adventure that I hadn't planned, where I am totally, I may be blessing somebody, but I'm totally blessed by the experience. And my day feels so much more purposeful than what my to-do list would have been and everything else. And so just that, that ability to be flexible and to be present with where he puts you and who he puts you in front of, because we are the visible ex expression of the invisible God. Right. And if we don't have time to be that, what are we doing? Right. Right. So this abiding is, um, uh, you know, apart from me, you can do nothing. And, uh, and so we urge you to uh, uh, consider that and this aspect of uh, pruning. Uh, mm -hmm. We're going to pick up uh, next time. Uh, I did want to uh, highlight to everybody that uh, Kathy and I would love to spend time with, with your answering your questions. We actually have some and uh, we'll get to them actually next time. Uh, so I'll be able to share some insight, uh, biblical insight about some of these beautiful questions that you have. But uh, as the C shows on the screen there, that if you're watching this in YouTube, uh, put your comments in. Just write your comments mm. right there and we'll get them. Uh, if you're listening to it on podcast, uh, you could email us at questions at afjministry.com, uh, questions at afjministry.com, and send us in your questions. And uh, we've already got some. We actually were, I was going to get to some today, Kathy, but. Uh, <laughs> we got a little chatty, we, sorry. We, we got a little bit excited <laughs> here about uh, margin. Uh, so God said, well, relax. Uh, you can handle it later. You know? So uh, we'll do it later. Uh, so uh, one thing that we've learned in, in uh, our ministries, uh, promote our leaders are that way. Kathy's learned it. Uh, other people have learned it is uh, to enjoy the sweetness of life. Mm -hmm. uh, and, Absolutely. God, and God says, I want to, uh, you know, the, the abundant life, which is what we're going to discuss uh, is, is not, you know, we think tend to think of it abundance as money or finances and it includes that. And by, by the way, is that's freedom, financial freedom. It's not necessarily wealth, but financial freedom, but it's the sweetness of mm -hmm. uh, enjoying life uh, to the full so that uh, we live out this beautiful Christian life that, that he has us for, regardless of the chaos that's going on around us, uh, which Absolutely. is what we're going to share. So uh, we're excited to share that with you again. And um, uh, we just uh, look forward to tomorrow and we'll pick it up again from here in terms of uh, what the abiding looks like. We're going to get into uh, the specifics of how do I get into the word and start to receive that abiding. So that'll, that'll be a fun good, thing. And, and, we'll, and we'll get into some of these questions. So Excellent. And if you found this useful today or encouraging, absolutely be a friend and tell a friend. Pass it on so that they can begin joining us on this journey as well. Yep. We look forward to that. Have a great week, you guys. Bye-bye.